I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in the burning hellscape of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch from Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Everything is taupe. Everything is taupe? Everything is taupe. You say scenic, but right now <laughs> in Hamilton, everything is taupe. The trees and- are taupe. <laughs> the snow is taupe. <laughs> the sky is taupe. Well, didn't see that coming, friends. Friends, this is episode 272 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you'd like to listen to any of our other episodes, head on over to wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe, push us up the algo, help people find the show if they are over, if they are unfamiliar. You're familiar. Maybe you want to share some of the joy that we've brought to your life. For the olds, algo means <laughs> algorithm. It means when you see those suggested things on the side of your YouTube, or when you see the other people have bought listings at the bottom of your devil page when you're buying toilet paper, that's all fueled by algorithms. And we might like more people to discover the show, so if you give us a rate, review, subscribe, the algorithm goes, well, that show seems to be popular, and it's about X. Maybe other people listening to shows about X want to listen to this show. Or maybe they just want to hang out with two dorks. We're pretty upper echelon dork content. Not going to lie. Well, I'm going to say also, though, this is a show without stakes. (laughs) And sometimes you just need, you need to hang out with people. You need to hang out with some media that just doesn't have any stakes. Relatively stakes-free podcast. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you want in your life, hey, when you click follow, new episodes of this program will be brought directly to your device by someone who always keeps it cool. Can't believe I said that. It's your man's. Chauncey Brastilicus the third. Geek down, Internet Elf. Just dropping them episodes directly into your device. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have time to do anything else because you're trying to cross uh, Spadina Avenue and it takes three hours every weekend right now. You don't have time to be trying to find a podcast. Yeah, it's the soft sound of chimes and also like a guitar rift. He's super cool. (laughs) You've been watching too much Peacemaker. I know. Friends, if you have tips for how to expediently cross from one side of the city to the other on the weekends, hit us up at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives on social media. If you would like to support this endeavor financially so I can just get Ubers to cross the city, (laughs) to cross Spadina Avenue in a timely fashion ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod three bucks in the old tip jar show us you appreciate us we always appreciate every dollar given to this project kate yes done with the convoy ah yes the flu trucks clan been done Um, with the convoy third week i think now we've talked about it um so i made a well this happened twice so the Last weekend, um, I think, did we record on a Saturday on last weekend? I don't recall. I don't know. It was like a week ago. Uh, who can remember? Either way, I was meeting Leah the Brazilian for uh, donuts. I was heading down to go get some donuts in Kensington. 
and I hopped on the uh, and the the this this was the weekend, right? This was the weekend where Major Canadian Retailer got the word that like, oh, they were going to be like tailgating out there before they headed down. I wasn't going to be at work anyway. I didn't think anything of it. I hopped on the bus to go head down to Kensington to meet Leah to get these donuts. And, you know, a few blocks out from Spadina, we just start detouring. It's not like, listen, this town has been perpetually under construction, so it's not that unusual for a bus to randomly detour. But it hit Spadina. It went north on Spadina, and they made it very clear it was not going any further on Spadina because Spadina was blocked off. I'm like, well, this is odd. But I didn't have to go any further than Spadina, so I didn't think much of it. I just got off the bus, and we walked up to Kensington. Got the donuts, got them from Dipped in Kensington. They had a Jay Dilla-themed... donut that they were using the proceeds to donate to uh the canadian lupus foundation so i mean hey win 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 donuts plus do some good that's what we did there that that was the first time so it didn't really impact me much i was just like oh this is so weird and silly and these dummies yesterday the plan was i was going to meet someone cute she had to put some work in on a saturday and when I finished work, I was going to come home and a little rinse off, change, you know, to shape up the old uh, facial hair and then go down and meet her. And we were going to go see the lights at Harborfront. What a wonderful evening that sounds like. That's a, what a wonderful that evening. That is so romantic and adorable. Right. So for a while now, she had been trying to find a certain item that Major Canadian Retailer carries. We didn't have any at our location. But another location, kind of in the city center, had one or had a couple. So I know if I took the subway, I'd get down there pretty quick with enough time to spare. So I shoot down to the subway on the subway, go grab these in and out 10 minutes. And when I come out of the store to go back to the subway, they are now, I did not manage to get video. Unfortunately, I thought I was taking a video, but grandpa hit photo twice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're old. Typical. Because photos don't really get across the mass of what I was looking at. This was, uh, out-of-country listeners, this is now Canada's version of the stupidity that is everywhere right now, where just a bunch of jerks get together and uh, protest for freedom, question mark? Uh, Yeah, maybe if it's spelled D-U-M-B... They don't. They don't want mask mandates. They want to sit down. They think Tr- Justin Trudeau should be sitting down with them to talk about I don't know what freedom. Um, Not if they don't ha- have their vaccine. I mean, there's that too. Also. Tell me it's not a racist movement based on white supremacy. But if that's where the money comes from, if you're profiting on it, if you're associating with it, if there are swastikas on your flag, <laughs> Caitlin, there was just yeah. a couple. It was just a couple. Oh, just a couple? And they got rid of them. Mm. Right, because they're just trying to disguise it more. (sighs) If that's a part of your movement, you're a part of that movement. Just saying. So this is what I witness when I come out. And, like, I'm not joking. I always... One of the most unsettling sort of despondent scenes in film I've ever seen has is the ending of Akira where just like everything, the classic anime sci-fi movie Akira, where just like by the end of it, it's just running wild anarchy in the streets and And everyone gets turned into slime that comes later. Uh, (laughs) they get turned into light Galen. (laughs) 
Oh, is this the right? Pull, right. They get turned into. It's either light. One of them. Slime, one of them turns into a big baby, and, <laughs> and everyone else turns into light. <laughs> Pull your light. head out of your ass, please. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Evangelion, they get turned into also beams of light, right? No, just that, remind me. That's the goo one. Oh, that's the goo one. See, I just where the things that separate you. You love Deep Space Nine. Everyone turns into Odos. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah, she loves it in Star Trek, but <laughs> fucking ride or die for Odo. But the second uh, you know a giant headless angel starts turning everyone hey, into goo, hey, then it's a problem. It's ride or die for O'Brien. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Anyway, so yeah, I, the, this is what it looked like to me as I was walking and just like so, so many fucking people, like a a despairing number of people, because you think. At this point, you think it's minor. It's really not as minor as you want to, at least judging by this. There were a shit ton of people out there, Caitlin. Were they all from this city? Probably not. Were they just all concentrated from a bunch of places? But, like, (laughs) the closest I came to getting my ass beat was when I was crossing the street, which, again, they had blocked off. This will come back later. I should remember this. And um, I see, like... A family with like children, and I'm like, oh, I basically hollered at him. I was like, oh, we're it's like that now. We bringing our kids to this. <sighs> but anyway, get on the subway, get home, and I notice when I try to take a bus transfer from the subway back to my neighborhood, the bus is taking a long time to arrive. I'm like, huh. Never a good sign in Toronto. That don't bode well. And someone cute was going to be wrapping up her work day around 5. So that's what I'm trying to get. Cross town. From Parkdale to Corktown, basically. And generally, I was like, okay, so I'm going to take the king. Because I know the queen from last weekend, but must up a lot. I'm just going to take the king. And I get down to the bus stop. says it's going to be 20 minutes. I'm like, well, shit. I know the weird transfer thing between bus and streetcar happens at Dufferin. takes seven minutes to walk to Dufferin. I'm a fucking pro. I'm a fucking pro, Caitlin. So like, I'll just walk to Dufferin. So I walk to Dufferin, and I'm at the stop where I know the streetcar should show up, and it's saying 20 minutes. And at this point now, I'm talking to someone cute, and if it's not going to get me there in time, then this isn't looking great. And ultimately, but my Hail Mary streetcar shows up, finally, and it says, short turn at Spadina, because the cops oh. are preemptively blocking everything, because they don't know where these fuckers are going to wander through. There's no itinerary here. No, this isn't a, par- a proper protest. This isn't a parade where they have submitted a route to council so they can, like, organize anything. They just kind of meander around and wave some flags and scream about Trudeau. So they locked it. So they block off, like, it's the Spadina becomes the fucking Berlin Wall. Like, you can't get across it in a vehicle. Like, so I, it took me 90 minutes basically to go from Liberty Village home. Last night, didn't get to see someone cute, didn't get to go for dinner, didn't get to give her her little present, didn't get to see the lights at Harborfront. <gasps> Convoy, I'm blaming you. I am crushed on your behalf. I'm blaming you, Convoy. See, and this, this is the thing. No one cares. <laughs> You're just annoying people. Like, we're not like, oh yeah, maybe Justin Trudeau should listen to you. You're just a nuisance. I, I, I can't believe Justin Trudeau would say this about these upstanding people. No, fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. 
Also, I like the saying, if you have one racist sitting down and five people sit with them, you now have six racists. Basically what we're saying. Well, we don't, don't, you can't just paint everybody with that, but can't I? Can't, can't I? I? Can't I, though? I feel like I am. I feel like y'all are taking the lessons of uh, some folks down south and trying to apply them here. And I think those same folks down south are the ones who were filling your GoFundMe coffers. So... Anyway, well, welcome back to the fun show about nerd stuff. Um, <laughs> nerd stuff and and social justice justicery. Oh God, justice-ry? we're the we're the word. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you can have it. Sure, yes. Um, what is news out there? Um, Futurama coming back at Hulu. Oh, not for without reasons. Not without some controversy because. Apparently, the voice of Bender, John DiMaggio, did not like the deal he was offered and declined it. Bite my colossal metal ass! Good for him. Thinking there would be some renegotiation. And Fox went, meh. We'll do it without him. I I think they're going to get a lot of pushback on that. They already are. Um, So... That's developing. Seems weird to uh, recast. It'd be like recasting Homer Simpson. Like, you know, like it's the the fan favorite character on Futurama. And also, also, they tried it with Robin Williams and did it in Disney for Disney and it did not go well. Do you know about this? Are you talking about the Aladdin cartoon? Yeah. No, no, no. Not the cartoon. The the second movie. There was a second movie? Yeah. Yeah. So there was, uh, uh, what that, was the second That movie? must have gone straight remember. to Disney DVD, y'all. Yeah, it did. Uh, and did I watch it as a child? Yes, I did. Um, so they tried, so they recast him because I guess Robin Williams didn't like the deal. And then he like took them to court and won. And so for the third movie, they hired him back. There was a third movie. It was actually quite good. Um, and yeah, I just, yeah. So there is precedent. For Joe DiMaggio being like, mm, no. Joe DiMaggio is a baseball player? You mean John DiMaggio, the base, the, I meant John the voice DiMaggio. Jay DiMaggio, okay? <laughs> All these white people have the same names. Lord. <laughs> um, so, yes, that that's developing. Uh, Fox is trying to act like they can just uh, big shot their way through this, and the new cycle will... Run its course and people will be mad, but then they'll still, you know, they'll get over it. Um, we shall see. John DiMaggio has uh, not exactly been quiet on Twitter, nor should he be. Um, is getting enough support from other notable voice actors in the industry, including the likes of Tara Strong. So, I mean, like, it's a thing. And it's... I mean, then to have the nerve to use Bender in your announcement that Futurama's coming back while you are treating the person who defined the character as disposable is a weird look, but speaking of things, um, nobody asked for, (laughs) um, and have, and obviously there are some issues with, um, did you know that, uh, there, we were getting a Gaston origin story. Ew. Why does everything, why does everything have to have an origin story? (laughs) And also, well, it's supposed to be a a Gaston LeFou origin story, and it's been put on hold by Disney Plus. Who asked for this? 
who who asked for this? I know people like Josh Gad. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> and Luke Evans. Um, but I don't. Why I does, don't know. Why does everything why? have to be IP'd into oblivion right now? Why does like every character that shows up in everything treat it as like a potential future source of IP? It's gross. It's exhausting. Like it is. It's exhausting. I like that. It is exhausting. Um, so yeah, just again, who asked for this? Did anybody need this or want this? No, I feel the same way about Futurama. Nobody needed or wanted this. Uh, continuing on the day, anybody need or want this train? Uh, we got a release window for the Obi-Wan show coming in, coming in May, I believe. And a, a single photo or poster of him in the desert, which suggests Tatooine. And for the love of Christ, can we get the fuck off Tatooine? Why is everything on Tatooine, Uh, Kate? Well, okay. I understand why he's on Tatooine because that's where he is. That's like, that's where he went. But Luke, I'm sure he'll leave, which I, I also have. Fucking hope with. so. Like, <sighs> well, like you're not gonna keep him on Tatooine. But anyways, um, which again, very frustrated but by. Like, why does um, this arid desert planet have to be the fucking the most <laughs> interesting place in the galaxy? Uh, galaxies are uh, very large. I don't understand. Well, we'll get into Book of Boba Fett, but <laughs> I I don't understand why they're like. Everything has to be on Tatooine. I agree. I think that's it's for a planet on the outer rim, uh, a backwater planet on the outer rim. Um, there is a lot of activity there. Uh, the galaxy is a very big place. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you, but also, can people stop? I, I again, see. I want the content. I don't want the everything that comes with it, which is like let's analyze this. Obi-Wan poster. How about we don't? How about we don't? He's carrying a lightsaber, Kate. He's holding a lightsaber. We need to talk about that Obi-Wan poster. Do we, though? Do we? We need, we need no, to talk we about whose who's lightsaber he's holding. Is it Anakin's? That's so tragic. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, anyway, that's coming yeah. in May. We already know that one got almost uh, soloed when most of the scripts that were written were chucked. And redone, so who knows? Maybe this was Deborah Chow was trying to do her own thing, and then Lucasfilm was like, John Favreau must run everything, and he got. Listen, I'm purely speculating. I don't know any of that shit. I do know that the a lot of the scripts were that they were originally working with. This was supposed to be done a long time ago, like Mando season one, long time ago. Right. And uh, yeah, it's been delayed till now. So. I mean, listen, if McGregor's having a good time and he wants to keep doing it and he gets something a little better to chew into with this character than Lucas dialogue, no shots to George, but dialogue was not your strong point. Hello there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hello there. I just sometimes say that to Chris, just out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... It's dialogue, and it's also, like, the direction of how you deliver that dialogue. Um, I feel so bad <laughs> for Just, them. like, give me something other than Space Monk or Tax Collector. Like, show me something out of a Jedi besides that, please. Like, 
we said last week, I'm rapidly coming to the conclusion that Jedi's are the worst thing in the Star Wars universe. Like a lot of a lot of people would agree with you. Really? It's out there like that? A lot a lot of people. So But one day maybe we'll deep dive it. Maybe when Obi Wan is out. Maybe I'll go into it. I will go into it. <laughs> Uh, and lastly, the Oscar nominations came out. Who cares? The biggest topic uh, some people wanted to talk about was this notion. I think Chris and Andy summed it up very nicely, where it seemed like the Oscars had a decision to make on what hill they wanted to die on. And they had two choices. They could die on the hill of no streaming, or they could die on the no populist hill. And it seems like they have chosen the latter, hence the uh, absence of Spider-Man, Spider-Man No Way Home on the Best Picture uh, roster which this is not the days where they would pick five nominees. They have like 10 or 11 nominees. And I don't know. Should it win best picture? Not for me to say, I don't see enough movies. It basically saved your industry in the last calendar year. So maybe you give it, maybe you give it a high five for that Academy, but they're just kind of outright saying, no, we don't care. Here are the 10 best movies. We don't give a fuck if you saw them or not. All right. Ah, uh, cowards. Cowards, Caitlin. Cowards. Ah, <sighs> so, shall we move into updates then? Yeah. We'll do our usual. Give me everything but, and then we'll get into it, and that'll be a bridge for mine. So, interestingly, I had a very interesting week oh. of of television watching. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing to note is because I uh, get very ill with endometriosis, um, oftentimes the only thing I can do is watch television um, because I'm too tired to read because I'll just like pass out. And if I pass out, then I won't sleep and it's a whole thing. Um, basically, I'm old and <laughs> and I have a terrible disease. <laughs> um, so I have been looking for things to watch and for some reason... I don't know if just a lot of things came out this month that I had been wanting to watch. Um, But it was a really interesting week because nothing that I watched was really part of a bigger franchise besides Boba Fett and Peacemaker, um, which we'll talk about afterwards. Everything else I watched, by and large, was sort of its own thing. Um, So I tried watching this show called Intergalactic. Um, it is a British science fiction television series, um, and it follows a, f- a, a crew of fierce female convicts who break free and go on the run. And it sounds like it would be great, um, but uh, it was just okay. And I didn't. I only watched one it episode. It, it it was not. It wasn't. The acting was great. Um, they just the characters. I'm sure they they would have developed them, but it, they just seemed very. You don't always have to make female convicts crazy. Just putting that out there. Um, Then uh, I ended up watching a series, the first season of a series that I have wanted to watch for a really long time called Starstruck. Um, And it was another British comedy. It's comedy series um, written by Rose Matafeo. And um, it started Rose Matafeo and Nikesh Patel. um, Basically about a woman who's just, going about doing her, uh, she's in her late 20s, do, going about doing her thing, who meets a, 
celebrity, like a massive movie star played by Nikesh Patel, and they end up hooking up and end up forming a relationship. Um, and it was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. Um, it is described as a screwball comedy, and you know how I like those. Um, so yeah, so that was great. Um, I have been watching The Gilded Age, oh. um, which is an American historical drama television uh, series created by Julian Fellows, who many people would know as the creator of Downton Abbey. Um, it is set uh, during uh, the Gilded Age in the United States, which is technically, um, it's the boom years of the 1880s. Um, I believe it starts in 1883. Um, and it's been fantastic. It's, I have to say though, like the most interesting character is the um, character of Peggy Scott, who is a young, ambitious African-American writer. And what's wonderful is they show an African-American experience for once um, that is not slavery. Um, it's, she is a sec becomes a secretary. It shows her wanting to become a writer and it's giving us scenes of what the African-American experience is in that time. Um, which is fascinating and lovely. And she is by far the most interesting character. Um, why are white people so boring? I don't know. Um, but it's also really interesting because there are the dynamics of, uh, gender and there are the dynamics of um of the nouveau riche um to these families who have been there since the mayflower um and that's really interesting as well really well written really well acted been enjoying it so far and of course the costumes are amazing um i tried to watch murderville um which is a American comedic murder mystery. It stars Will Arnett. It's basically they have spe a special guest for each episode, and they have to they and the, the special guest doesn't have a script, um, but all the other characters do, and they have to try and solve the murder as their um uh like a, a new new. Uh, partner, new detective partner. Did that make any sense? Yeah, it's like a murder mystery theater, but like filmed. Yes, and like the the, the special guest has no like has no script yeah. and is just like reacting in the moment. Um, I watched most of the Conan O'Brien episode, which was fine. Uh, the Marshawn Lynch one was the like it's the second one I watched. I'm most sorry, of that. that was actually Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Why? What did I say? That sounds that amazing. Wrong? That sounds amazing. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> that it was. It, he was Marshawn Lynch was great. You don't know who Marshawn Lynch is. He is an ex football player, um, and actually has really good comedic chops. It turned out. Um, and there are some other ones. Um, Kamal uh, Nanajani. I always get that one wrong. Um, Annie Murphy, Sharon Stone, and Ken Jeong. Um, they are. They all appear as well. I haven't watched the other ones. Like I said, it was fun, but it wasn't super, super engaging. Um, I watched Dollface, finished like watching all of that, which is, did I talk about it last week? You did. Um, so second season started and I watched the first two episodes. Um, fantastic. Really looking forward to having that to watch. 
Um, and finally, oh, sorry, not finally. I watched also, I actually did end up watching The Legend of Vox Machina, Uh-oh. or at least the first like six episodes. Hate watch. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I did. I really tried to go in with an open mind, um, but there were so many things that made me angry that it did become a hate watch. Um, and basically, senior correspondent and I just yelled at the TV the whole time. Um, and then finally, and most important of all, many, many years ago at this point, um, I talked about a character from the television series Father Brown. Um, no. In the first episode Caitlin, no. of, <laughs> of the, no, the first season of Father Brown, there was a character named uh, Sister Boniface. Fucking, fucking science nun. Caitlin, don't do this to me. Science nun. Don't tell science me. Nun. Don't tell me that four years later, <laughs> science nun is finally getting her spinoff. It premiered. Oh my god! Oh my god! Already. I don't. I don't have. I can't do the drops live, but please believe every drop is going up right now for the Science and, Nun spinoff show. And I watched the first episode. And. And it was amazing. <laughs> it is everything I wanted it to be. Um. So yeah, I am. I am absolutely I'm so, thrilled. I'm so happy. Delighted. I'm so happy for you. I can't believe this day finally Thank you. came. This is this, finally come. This, this is like if Cowboy Bebop had been good. Like this is the this is the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I said in that first season, I was like, this character, Sister Boniface, needs her own show. She's an amazing character. And apparently, in reading about how the show came about, um, the they were saying, you know, uh, she the actress was saying that like her agent gave her a call and was like, so this is a really weird phone call. <laughs> Um, they want a whole show devoted to your character. That's how amazing this character was. Out of nowhere. They were just like, yes. Um, and initially they were going to do it a lot sooner. Um, they only expected Father Brown to last like three seasons. <laughs> except now it's going on nine seasons. <laughs> and they were finally like, fuck it. We're going to do Sa- both. We're just going to have a lot of Catholic. Sorry. What? Sidebar, slight um, shots to BritBox or whoever. I got an ad in my Instagram for Father Brown. Yeah. <laughs> when the new season was coming. And they uh-huh. put like the fucking chain smokers or something as like the background music, like <laughs> to try and like lend it gravitas. I'm like, you are missing <laughs> the mark here, friendo. That is not what we come to Father fucking Brown for. Like, yeah. No. 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 Um, but anyway, so I am so delighted, so happy. I ate pancakes this morning and watched <laughs> Sister Boniface Mysteries. And if you just want a good time with an amazing science nun, um, this, this is the show for you. Yeah. Good times. Well, two other things I'm sure are on that list. You watch Peacemaker? I did. And? Still, still 10. Still, still, still doing all right. Talk to us next. Talk yeah. to us in a couple of weeks when the after finale airs. But it's looking, uh, it's looking pretty good. Um, and lastly, at least on the solo joint offerings, um, do it like this. What did you think of the episode? And then what did you think of the season as a whole? Um. Okay. So, Book of Boba Fett. 
Um, the episode was great. It's fun. Agreed. You got you got Rancor Rampage. Apparently, that was an Xbox game, um, <laughs> or a level of the Xbox game, or something. Um, and yeah, and of course, what we all wanted to happen was Grogu was back. Uh, what's her face made fun of his name. Um, he was adorable. He put a rancor to sleep and then had a nap. It um, took a lot out of him. He's just I little. No, it, it was He's just little. He did two big things. He did all by himself. Little guy go. Um, thankfully, he had a snack beforehand. <laughs> Someone thought of feeding the baby. Um, <laughs> it was it was a lot. It was just a lot of fun, right? Um, those mopeds are still weirdly stupid. out of place. Stupid. Don't make me. <laughs> so there's stupid. nothing you can do to make me care about the teens. Like, uh, space teens is I, just not a thing. Like, I was really sad about the hog guys. I can't remember the name of their race falling off the cliff. Oh, yes. That was rough. Um, I'm glad the Wookiee survived, of course, um, because he's amazing. Um, so yeah, as an episode, great. Now, he, the season was terrible. It was so bad because what they decided to do for some reason is instead of making a beautifully woven tapestry of stories, um, you know, picking up pieces and, you know, embroidering different people's tales into it to come to this final well-executed ending... They decide to make some fucking patchwork piece of shit where they just like stapled I mean, parts of listen, stories together. Here it is in a nutshell. I can't source it, but it was widely circulated that like Ming-Na Wen basically said at one point they didn't know what they were filming or what it was for. They would get pages, they would do the scenes, but they didn't know what it was for. They didn't know it was going to be the book of Boba Fett until like halfway through the season. Like they know that's what it was going to be. The, the, the pipeline, stupid. the pipeline at Lucasfilm, it seems a little off these days. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, listen. Well, Obviously, I concur sorry. with Kate. It was a great episode. Um, you could tell Rodriguez directed it. Um, even down to like, you know, there there was a chase scene in this one, and it was just a simple thing of like. The the vehicle went by in one direction and the camera swooped past it in the other direction and gave it an extra bit of speed. And I was like, that's literally all you have to do <laughs> to make a chase um, look good. Like, I just feel like, and I, I mean, I know I've said it before, storytelling matters. Um, it's not just visuals and dialogue you can't and call acting. It, you can't call it the Book of Boba Fett and then have him be gone for three episodes and expect me to care if he lives or dies in the finale. Like, it just doesn't... And and like it, uh, it just the st- the styles were disparate, and it just it just did not come st- together st- well. Styles were disparate. You went from uh, you know, okay, so yes, yeah, so Rancor Rampage. That's that's very fun. That was everybody had a great time. The baby made it fall asleep, and then then had a nap. It's adorable. Cut to Fennec Shand, straight Merkin, nine people. Yeah. Including stringing the mayor up with a garret by his neck as his little fluffy feet kick in the air until he passes away. Maybe there's a little, uh, you know, clashing of tones there between the two modes you're working with here. You do one or the other. If you just wanted to give me space narcos, which I said from the jump, 
Just give me space narcos. I think would have been so again, I think from the get go, they should have had sort of these stories inter be interwoven with each other. We should have seen Mando from the beginning. We should have seen Boba Fett from the beginning. Mm. Maybe another character. All, you know, all they'll have a, do a bit of like, do a, a bit of Game of Thrones, but like early seasons when it was really good, right? Like you have these stories. You, so you bounced around from place to place. Yeah. You, here's your. You, you keep it visually interesting you can make things find me if you can find me a good way like narcos to make something <laughs> hot and dry and bright be noir that's that's gonna impress me i think i think your game of thrones comparison is probably the best um version of that Where like yeah in game of thrones when it was firing on all c- cylinders and at its best Here's your 10 minutes in King's Landing. Boom. Here's your 10 minutes in Essos. Boom. Here's your 10 minutes in Winterfell. Like you bounced around, but it always felt of a piece because it was all the same story kind of every scene you were in impacted the other stuff. So yeah, I think if you had just, instead of just springing this, it's the Mandalorian. Like if you had had that shit in from the jump, the tonal shifts wouldn't have been that jarring when they did come halfway through the season. And and it would have given okay. So I've I've talked about this before as well, and I don't know if I talked about it on the show or just the senior correspondent, Chris, because I have ranted about this in filmmaking, especially in television shows. And I will make another Game of Thrones comparison here. Time equals distance. You can't show the distance people go physically because that's not how television works. But you can show the distance through the time it takes to get somewhere. I know someone is probably going to rant to me about like the way the way travel works in Star Wars is a little uh, uh, weird. Yeah, yeah, but very much in the way people complained about like just teleporting at the end of Game of Thrones, it <laughs> made it so all the time that was taken to show how long it takes to get somewhere to get a message somewhere to, you know, how long that travel is, is not it. it, Once you start making it easy to get places through, like, you know, you hop from the planet here to another planet there, you you no longer have that feeling of it takes a while to get to this place. And that really diminishes the story um, and the, the journey of, the characters um and i think if they had interwoven something you would have spent more time uh with the mandalorian through sort of his journey with grogu and it wouldn't just be like oh yeah we can just teleport places and make instantaneous decisions and you know it adds gravitas to the story um and yeah so i just i think even though the final episode was a lot of fun um, and I liked parts of the show. Um, they really fumbled the whole play. Like they just, Hey, it's the Super Bowl today. Um, I can use <laughs> football terms. Um, they just, you know, there are just so many things that they could have done better. And this is coming from me. I'm, I'm nobody. I shouldn't be <laughs> able to see where they could fix things. Right. right. And we know I'm pretty chill when it comes to storytelling if I'm watching a superhero movie, I'm fine that it's like unoriginal and I can kind of, you know, see where the beats are coming in. But I literally, I struggled to watch this at some points because I was like, this is bad. 
And there's no way a company that makes billions of dollars, like nothing should ever be bad, right? Like maybe not as good as an another thing, but not bad. <laughs> so yeah, you should probably hire me. Uh, Disney, just saying. And hire me to carry her purse. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I have like three of them, so. so. There you go. Yeah. What else did I get into that wasn't that? Oh, let's start with the heavy one first. Um, I don't know why I opted earlier this week on my day off to watch the first two parts of a four-part docuseries from Showtime called We Need to Talk About Cosby. Oh, no, this you is didn't. from the filmmaker and writer W. Kamal Bell. And, like, listen, can I recommend it? No, it's not a fun watch. Is it well made? And does it walk the precarious tightrope it's trying to walk well? Yeah. Because it uses the man's accomplishments to highlight why, how he used his accomplishments to kind of foster a sense of trust in the public that made it easier for him to prey on his victims basically from the jump. I mean, while it's charting while he was on iSpy he demanded black stunt people come in and basically created an entire industry just by that one action because in the 60s they were still darkening white guys up to do stunts for black performers wildly wildly racist and Cosby got one look at that and said "Mm -mm. you can get some black stunt performers in here and that basically created, like I said, created an entire industry. There were no black stunt performers until he basically demanded one for himself. Um, but then it will it'll show a timeline of what he was doing when professionally, but will also insert allegations made against him. It was always happening. It was not a recent development. It was always happening. And the second episode goes more into his, how he started to transform into this educational figure he had picture pages on captain kangaroo he hosted specials on really angry kind of specials on black history that like are very critical race theory for like the 70s it's kind of wild it was written by andy rooney of all people um and how he would he was presenting himself as like the educator or he was like reinventing stand-up and doing that thing the first person to do that thing where he's essentially pitching his future sitcom with his stand-up comedy but at the same time he was still never stopped heinously preying on women he encountered save for what it is and reckoning with that is especially for someone like w kamal bell who calls himself early in the show like a child of cosby grew up watching him on everything cosby's a guy that made him believe the things he wanted to do was possible reconciling the inspiration the man provided with the heinousness of his acts is, is what this is investigating. And that's on Crave. If you're interested, um, like I said, hard, hard watch. Um, the series admirably gives enough time to any of Cosby's victims who want to speak and just lays back and lets them talk about their experience. And that can be really intense and hard to watch. Um, but those stories need to be told for the women brave enough to tell them, you know? So respect to everyone involved in the making of that. Um, yeah. First two parts are out. I don't know if the other two are out yet, but that's on crave. Um, 
less intense things. So when the Oscar nominations came out, I know uh, Andy on Chris and Andy was always said his favorite two movies that he saw last year were No Way Home and a movie called Drive My Car. And he was thrilled when this Drive My Car movie got nominated for all the things. And when I was reading it, uh, reading all the nominations, I was like, oh, Japanese director, Japanese film. What? Why have I never heard, why have I never heard of this? And I watched the trailer and the trailer looks very, you know, contemplative and, and comfortable and thoughtful. And then a big title card comes up that says based on the short story by Haruki Murakami. And I went, huh? Huh? Haruki Murakami played out. I know one of my favorite authors. Um, and so I look up where, where is this story? Where, where is this story? Where's the story of this movie's based on? What collection is it? In? Oh, it's in a book I've had for three years. Huh? Amazing. So yesterday I read the story that this uh, movie is based on. It's about an actor who needs to get a driver while he's in a play and his wife has died a couple years ago and he strikes up a friendship with one of his wife's former lovers. Oh. I don't know. The story as written is not really going to support a three-hour movie, but I'm sure it was fleshed out in a number of ways and it's not presently on anywhere for streaming, but I will be checking for that even though it's three hours long, but... Oh, wow. That's that's too long. I mean, you know, you see that meme this week that was like, <laughs> Netflix, want to watch a three-hour movie? Me. Oh, God, no. What if we break? What if we take a 10-hour movie and break it up into hour-long installments? You son of a bitch. Oh, I'm in. <laughs> um, also, I spent some time this week with a recent sitcom called Grand Crew. Uh, someone cute brought to my life. Um, it's about just a crew of... Uh, friends in California, a standard friend style sitcom, uh, predominantly black male cast and the state, the mission statement as said in the pilot episode is to show an experience of black men. And this is not all the things that are often laid out. We want to show that black men can have sensitive sides and that they can love their friends and, you know, want to be loved, want to be in relationships, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it definitely, it definitely had its moments. There is one character, that's someone cute said I was reminiscent of, I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that he factors in a scene where he name drops like uh, three Netflix Japanese shows, including a Nori love bus where I was like, mm, you sons of bitches, <laughs> <laughs> sons of bitches. And, uh, speaking of, I won't do my, my regulars. Y'all know ranking of Kings is great. Y'all know persona five strikers is great. Speaking of Netflix, Japanese reality shows, I heard from a number of people, <laughs> Are you watching X? So I've spent a little time, oh. spent a little time this week <laughs> with Love is Blind Japan. I was one of those people. Oh, so Love is Blind North America was something that debuted, I think, in 20, early 2020, where the conceit is basically single people get to know each other while in pods and they cannot see each other and they fall in love based on just the conversations they have and how they're getting to know each other. And then if they decide, <laughs> this is where it gets too buck wild. They decide if they want to marry the person within like, oh. within like 20 days, they propose and then they get to see the other person and then they live together for three weeks. And that's when the shit really gets wild. Oh, wow. So the Japanese iteration works the same way, but definitely has that terrace house feel where like, <laughs> Nobody ever gets really excitable about anything. Um, (laughs) 
the the big issue was like one woman was divorced and they play it as like oh it was like japan fucking do better like ultimately he don't care <laughs> and they're really adorable and it's just super chill and comf and you know they it's so far it is very sweet two couples have already linked up already Normally they'll do in a season, they'll do like four episodes based around this pod thing and the pod scenario and the conversations. And then, yeah, then (laughs) judging by the season long trailer, then they're going to go to some resort in Okinawa and just like, you know, live together for a few weeks and get to know each other better. And then they decide if they want to get married and that's when shit gets fucking wild. And it was a trash fire in the North American version. I don't expect, which also has a second season right now, which I'm probably not going to watch because that's too trashy for me keep it comf and trash but you know it's we know i'm chasing those terrace house vibes ever since terrace yes. house shit the bed and i and like uh, the less said the better but <laughs> if you can get me something that gives me terrace house level vibes or a nori level vibes um but maybe you want to sprinkle a little trash I'm not, just a little? I'm just not, a little? Just I'm not averse. Put a little mess in there. Like, listen, <laughs> we will recall when Jordan discovered the, the Japanese reality show Real Love on Netflix, which was the the hottest mess that has ever existed. Maybe messier than any North American thing I've ever seen, short of, like, Love Island or any of those. It ventured, and I don't watch those, but it ventured, I can only imagine it ventured close to that level of mess. Give me a little mess. It was Salt Bay a little mess on uh, on my comfort reality. That's That's fine. Um, it's got fire. It's got a fire lo-fi beat on the end credits too. <laughs> I noticed that twice now. Oh. I was like, that's very good. That's on Netflix. It's still, uh, still ongoing right now. They got five episodes up and they'll be going week to week for the remainder of the season. Get on board, y'all <laughs> catch up. Join, well, join, join the love is blind combo. On that note, we'll take a break right here. Re up the coffees. And when we come back, we will discuss Caitlin's pick for the week. <laughs> So excited. One of the most one of the most Caitlin picks that ever catered. <laughs> Cupcake and Dino <laughs> when we come back from this break. <laughs> Y'all stop everything. Welcome to the Impromptu Geek Down halftime show. Yeah. I'm so excited. Friends, we were this is this is happening live. This is happening live, just in the middle of the episode. I looked at my guy, re-upped my coffee, I grabbed my notes, went to check the notice on the phone, scrolling things through, and I remembered something that I meant to talk about all week, and I forgot. Caitlin, yeah, someone cute has been watching a certain program from Jump, and really wanted me to understand the stressfulness of watching this show. Because she finds the show very stressful. I believe she watches it probably for research (laughs) as much as anything else. (laughs) And she sat me down and she made me watch like a smooth 15 minutes of euphoria. (laughs) Hey, we're all watching it for research. (sighs) Y'all... That show is stressful. As I even see this was the last episode that aired, the one where uh, Zendaya's character was just like trying to find she her mom flushed all her drugs. I did not know the crux of this season is basically uh, the Zendaya character has decided the best way to support her drug habit is to deal drugs because then she always has a supply, which breaks like Biggie's like fourth crack commandment. Like it's just, it's right there. Yeah, it's right there. Don't get high on your own supply. So this episode was like 
her mom had flushed down, had like gotten rid of, flushed down all the drugs and she's, you know, fiending bad and screaming at her mother and kicking down the door and then running all over town. And then I, I now I know, and I understand the in now infamous, how long have you been fucking Nate Jacobs memes? Like Caitlin, why are people, yeah. why are people watching this show? <laughs> um, so this show is Nano 210 on like cocaine and MDMA and basically the drugs uh, that you can find in between couch cushions of like uh, a swanky bar. So um, how familiar are you or are you with Euphoria? So I have not actually ever watched an entire episode of Euphoria. I have just watched an ungodly number of clips. <laughs> Um, and the, the show, the vibe of the show, it's get out like by Jordan Peele. Like it, it has that just underlying constant tension. Um, I also, you know, I, I'm an old person. I watched TikTok on YouTube. Um, <laughs> and there are a lot of the, the new TikTok trend or relatively new is, um, you're a transfer student going to Euphoria, Euphoria high, high school right? in Euphoria. Um, and it's just like all these I mean, th this is not the the life of modern day teenagers, right? Like, that's the thing. It's supposed to be, but it's it's not really. Where are all their backpacks, right? Like, they, they're this the show is made for adults, um, but there are I know there are a lot of teens who do watch it. Oh, um, a lot. Listen, a lot. The yes. the mean age of a uh, major Canadian retailer employee is significantly younger than me, and they are Sunday is a national holiday. It is in Euphoria season. It is all about it. The IG stories are just lit up in advance of every new episode. So, like, it is a yeah, it's thing. Just, it's a wild roller coaster. Uh, gasoline huffing like ride like it's just like it's interesting because a lot of you know a lot of what I'll watch it for is just to in, in a way to sort of have a not it's not even a pulse on the culture just because I'm sort of curious like it started because you know I really like Zendaya and uh, we talk about algorithms sure <laughs> enough my YouTube was like this thing that Zendaya is is in and then I was like, what is this? Um, but yeah, that's all it's and I know like, it's the Dawson's Creek of its day. And I mean, in comparison, damn. obviously <laughs> Dawson's Creek is tame, but the same thing with Dawson's Creek. Everyone who's who's on the show is twenty five plus and no no teenager goes through quite that much drama. And yeah. I mean, listen all salutes to Ms. Zendaya, like crushing it oh, from yeah. an acting perspective, just killing it. But, oh my God, y'all do this for fun. Y'all watch this for fun. This is entertainment. This is, I could say that about so many things, hmm. so many things. I mean, all so salute and all respect to anybody who is making it through this show and without pulling out large chunks of their hair in stress and anxiety, because it ain't me, dog. <laughs> you ain't going to find like, me out there. I'm sure someone's going to die. Like, I'm positive someone is going to die. I just don't know who, because I don't know the characters that well. <laughs> well, 
again, I just, I just had to, I had to bring that up. I forgot to bring that up. Friends, thank you for uh, indulging me and joining us on the uh, Geek Down Pepsi Live halftime show here. <laughs> so we can mention that <laughs> I got my first exposure to Euphoria and it was and, fucking wild. And I'm, and I'm curious to know any of you out there, have you watched it? Do you, are you just like me? Are you old and just watch clips on YouTube? <laughs> like I just, I, 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 I'm curious. I'm curious. All right. Bring, bring the music back. We'll, we'll start the actual uh, back after the show now. And welcome to the second half of the show. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we talk about the things that we brought each other. Yeah. But before we get into it, and I'm not sure how chunky this half is going to be. I don't know how much there is to get into. <laughs> but before we do it, there are some rules. The first rule is the rule of three. That is the rule that if the thing comes in parts, we will watch, listen, read three of those parts. So the thing gets a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. Um, this thing did kind of have parts. Technically, it had more parts. So many parts. Um, so many parts. Um, but I'm I I'm guessing that Jordan watched three of these parts. Um, but this rolls into our second rule, which is hashtag save it for the pod. We do not talk about the thing we have given each other until we are sitting in front of these microphones. So you know what? Jordan might not have watched three of these parts. And I wouldn't know. And we do this so that you guys get the freshest of takes about things that are sometimes old. This isn't too bad. This isn't like uh, something from the 80s or 90s, which we often do. This is actually just from a couple years ago. Um, but if you don't want spoilers, then rule number three which is not really a rule, it's a policy, which is that there will be spoil spoilers applies to you and you need to leave. Go watch the Super Bowl. How how can you possibly spoil this? You can't. But, you know, there are people out there who are like, I don't want to know anything about it. Um, oh, d you know what? The Super Bowl is over now. So just check the results and then go watch this instead. There you go. Um, the thing that we are talking about today is Cupcake and Dino General Services. I have brought the show up many, many times. Sometimes I just rewatch episodes. Um, it is Cupcake and Dino General Services um, is an animated streaming television series created by Pedro Ibole for Teletoon in Canada, Disney XD in Brazil, and Netflix in the U.S. slash Canada. The series follows the life of Cupcake and Dino, two brothers who strive to make a name of themselves in the general services odd jobs business. Um, I, uh, it revolves around a tiny cupcake and his giant dinosaur brother as they, uh, as I said, uh, uh, own their general services business um, and try to do the best that they can. Um, there is a supporting cast of other anthropomorphized food, objects, animals, and mythical creatures, as well as humans. There's no apparent reason or distinction between different types of characters, with Cupcake and Dino being presented as birth siblings and having a grandma stake and human uncle. Episodes follow the loose format of Cupcake and Dino taking on general services job, uh, general services job, where unintended consequences usually follow absurd plot points. Each episode also has repeated basic themes found in young children's programming, such as friendship, honesty, bravery, and loyalty, often accompanied by simple songs emphasizing these themes. Um, this show 
is delightful and silly and stupid and it does not make you use your entire brain just like maybe like a quarter of it to watch um it is entirely um unoffensive and delightful and i was just you know what i was like february blahs i don't know what to give jordan here i'll give him this because this show is delightful and it always makes me happy so jordan was this show delightful and did it make you happy the fact that this is a program where we can talk about uh a docuseries on the horrendousness of bill cosby and this show (laughs) in the same episode is uh why y'all come to the geek down You have done that thing that you do sometimes where you have uh, brought in a show that no one knows exists. Yeah. I brought this up to so many people this week. You're like, what are you doing on the pod this week? And I said, I'm doing Cupcake and Dino. Kate brought it in. And they go, what is that? And I go, yep, that's that's about it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Here's the thing about this show. Um... (laughs) When I then would explain to people what this show was, I'd be like, yeah, it's one of those shows. Like, what do you mean one of those shows? I'm like, it's one of those shows where one of the characters does this. And then I would put my hands against my cheeks and push them together and make, like, sparkly eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those shows. <laughs> you know those shows. Sons of Adventure Time. The problem is there are a lot of those shows, Kate. There are. So many. So many. This one is not bad, but it didn't really strike me as setting itself apart from any of the other shows that do this. What? Devastating. Doesn't set itself apart from Steven Universe or Teen Titans Go or... It's got a better vibe than Adventure Time. Listen, I've, I've, tried, over the, I've tried over the years with Adventure Time. It just don't hit for me it's too i don't i have not had enough ingested enough weed in my life to fully appreciate (laughs) adventure time at this age that's fine it's not for me we know i love me some teen titans go as a like hey that exists let me watch a few of those right quick okay i watched Mm -hmm. i watched four episodes four or five episodes of cupcake and dino this weekend yeah which because it's two per episode two segments per episode that means i've watched 10 cupcake and dino stories I can't remember a single thing about them. <laughs> but you remember the theme song. <laughs> that's all that's important. Vaguely. No, it's not true. I remember the one episode that I thought was uh, somewhat amusing where the job they take is as pizza delivery men because everyone in town is exploiting the <laughs> the 30 minutes or less guarantee. So it's impossible. Right. No one pays for pizza in big city. <laughs> because... <laughs> And then when you see the lengths that people go to once Cupcake and Dino start working as pizza delivery men where there are like trap doors and swinging axes and everything that people do to keep the pizza delivery from arriving in less than 30 minutes, they get their pizza for free. But that's a joke that dates back to like 86, right? So, I mean, I guess props to them for putting a new spin on a joke that's been around for 40 years. But I just, there wasn't. That was, that was, that was negative. That was, how can you. I just don't understand. It's such a delightful, stupid show. I just don't know how you could take anything critical about this show or say anything critical about this show. I'm not even be- like- I don't even think I'm being critical. I'm just saying it's flat. Like, it was fine. It was not a needle mover, as they say. I was like, oh, it's one of these. And then it played out. 
and I laugh sometimes, and sometimes I did the dishes. Yeah. It is a good hang. Is it a good hang? Yeah, it's a great hang. It's a great <laughs> hang. Um, for Listen, I'm also going to say, and again, a child of Adventure Time, I would like a little consistency with the populace. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, no. No. When uh, Dino loses his headband in one episode, because they were digging a hole for a pool for, for the town. Yeah. For the mayor, who is ostensibly human. Yes. Dino is a dinosaur. Cupcake is a cupcake. Yep. They're brothers. Yep. Yes. Not a colloquialism. Biological yep. brothers. Yep. And then... <laughs> Dino's uh, headband has been stolen by a pool toy. Mm-hmm. A sentient pool toy. Yes. Okay. Okay, I guess. But then they eat anchovies. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying here? There's like, there's like a lot of the narrative inconsistency here. Uh, it, I found you just, it You know what? It helps you really get into the like go with the flow mindset. <laughs> just go with the flow, Jordan. Don't Don't ask questions. This is, this is like a three gummy show as opposed to the uh, full bong hits that Adventure Time <laughs> requires. <laughs> and I also, the other thing is, like, I don't, it, like, it, it's a kid's show. Yeah. Some of the jokes fly a little too fast for children. Mm, I don't know. I mean, kids have been getting consistently better written t- television shows True. for a couple of years. So I think, I think you got to keep them engaged. You got to keep those... That stuff flying fast. And it's another one of those shows where, like, all the music is, like, synthy twee stuff. And, like, the, the show, the, the, we've been doing this show for, like, ten years at this point. See, and I it's just... And it's fine. It's fine. If you are craving, if you cannot get enough of that show, this is a fine version of that show. I just, I find this show brightens my mood no matter... You know when you have those things that you do, like, if you're depressed... <laughs> Maybe you don't, but I do. I sure do. I have a whole list. Um, watching episodes of the show is one of those things. It's but, there are no stakes. Okay, I'll put Everything's it. I'll put it. Fine in the end. I'll put it like this: there is nothing in this show as funny to me as Beast Boy's "Shrimp and Prime Rib" <laughs> song, which is just based on a stupid joke about "Take that robot out." So he takes the robot out for shrimp and prime rib. That's dumb and stupid. And I have remembered to this day. I'm finish this episode, load it up on YouTube and watch it again, Caitlin. <laughs> and Cupcake and Dino will be gone. Poof. Back into the ephemerality. Of the deep, the deep bowels of Netflix kids. I will never think of it again. Not that they did a bad job. It was an enjoyable experience while I was with it, but I have no inclination to go back to it again. I feel like late one night in the future. <laughs> I'm like, I really need to watch something. Oh, I can't have any stakes. It's just going to be stupid, dumb fun. You're going to watch the show and you're going to be like, you're right. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that day may come. It is not today. Hmm. Well, I mean, I I am sad because only because I love this show so much. Because again, zero stakes, good time, stupid dumb fun. I think we need more of it in the world. Um, 
and it's I kind of feel like oh that's too bad because I feel like it's your loss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! If you were to chalk up, if you were to chalk every time that happened on this show. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, what I mean, what do you, you mean know? you didn't finish Geary Hadji? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish it. I didn't finish it either. It was just the first one I thought of. Um, but at the same time, you know. It's out there for everybody else. I'm not. I don't expect you to like everything I bring you. Listen, the homie Meg. When I told Meg about it, I was like, Meg, this yeah. is, this is your show. I'm happy to give it to you. You will love it. This is this is for the Tumblr kids. This is for anyone like like I said, the Tumblr kids of Adventure Time. Anyone who loves uh, where all the characters have bean mouths and they do that thing where they push their cheeks together and make bright eyes. Like that's. <laughs> Honestly, like, they did it so much in this. Dino does it so much. I'm like, is this an homage? Like, they know this is a thing that happens on all these shows, right? Like, they have to know. Of course they do. They were probably given, like, reels of the shows that they wanted. <laughs> They're like, make make a show like the show. Canada and Brazil need their own Adventure Time. That's a, that's that, that was surprising to me. Yeah. I was like, where'd this show come from? Is this Will Forte doing the voice? It sounds just like him. Um, and it was like... Canadian Brazilian co-production. I'm like, did not see that coming. Huh. It's it's like a six and a half. That's not terrible. It's fine. It does what it's supposed to do. It doesn't fail on what it's trying to do. It's just doing a thing that a lot of other shows have done kind of better. And if you like those shows, you'll love this one because it's a good time. If you if you if you're if you're fiending for a C plus, go find Cupcake hey, and Time. I. Past high school with so many C pluses, <laughs> I'm fine with the C plus. Friends, it's on yeah. ne- it's on Netflix. It'll never show up on your suggested tab. You're gonna have to go find it. Like I said, it's it's buried it's buried in the bowels. Like I said, it's and fine. It's my just side, not... on my on my side. It's great, and you're gonna really like it. So you're welcome. <laughs> it's the top reco on Caitlin's Netflix. <laughs> it actually does come out quite a bit. It's like, what's up, girl? You want to keep watching Cupcake and Dine? I'm like, yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I certainly do. Um, yeah. Enjoy that, friends. <laughs> listen, Caitlin might be right. It's on my, it's on my, I'm spending, like, listen, I'm spending a lot more time on Netflix this week because that's where Love is Blind is. So <laughs> it's so going to be sitting know. there, it's going to be sitting there right next to it. And maybe I'll be like, oh, <laughs> fuck it. I got to, I got pork to air fry. <laughs> let me, let me just throw this on. <laughs> I'm getting my shit hey. together. <laughs> If you're out there, you got pork to air fry or sweet <laughs> potatoes. This is the show for you. If you're doing air frying of any kind. Throw on some <laughs> cupcake and dino in the background <laughs> while you watch it. Uh, Friends, hopefully we will be in person next week. I don't want to put that too much out in the universe. Lord, no, Lord, knows, but, Lord knows what the convoy will be pulling next weekend, but... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. At any rate, if you have thoughts about Cupcake and Dino or Euphoria or the Super Bowl or anything, hit us up at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. Otherwise, we will be back with you hopefully live next week. Caitlin? Yes? Always a delight to talk to you. You too. Friends, thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and I hope you will join us next week for another amazing episode of the Geek Down Podcast.
What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode. That wasn't hype enough, Kate. Gotta get hype for it. Gotta get hype for it. <laughs> you, you, that, and that was like too low. Ang- you were, it was angry. too low. <laughs> you were angry. You're like, God damn it. It's too low. I was trying to hit it hot, but it was too, it was too hot. It's too spicy. Too spicy. A lot of rage behind, behind it. Here's your fucking podcast, jerks. <laughs> Uh, two <sighs> assholes just doing a podcast <laughs> for you dumb jerks. <laughs> <sighs> That's going to be the new trailer. <laughs> hey, everybody. What's this podcast about? Who gives a fuck? It's just two, ju- it's just two assholes doing a dumb podcast for jerks. Yep. 